Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hip Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a show for women who are chasing their everyday and epic adventures. This podcast is hosted by Christy Moan and me, Katherine Taylor, and powered by Feisty Media. Hey y'all, it's Catherine, and I don't have Christy with me this week. She is still recovering from Unbound Gravel. I uh, Last time I saw her was yesterday. I was at her house for a little post-race celebration, and she disappeared at some point, and I think she went and took a nap, and I never saw her again. But she is taking some well-earned rest for the next couple of weeks. Uh, that is That event is a beast to put on. I am actually sitting in a Chipotle parking lot outside of uh, the airport. I'm getting ready to head to the airport to fly back to Washington from Emporia. I'm pretty tired myself. Um, If you don't know, we were on site all weekend doing some live coverage with media. Uh, I got to be in the finish shoot and I got to talk to a lot of athletes like right as they crossed the finish line, including the uh, leader or the winner, Sophia. I also talked to Lauren DeCrescenzo after she got her second place finished. Um, I talked to some really cool women on the front end, uh, tons of our podcast guests, seeing how they had been. Um, I got to talk to Heather Jackson. For those of you who are triathlon fans, she was at the race and she was leading the race until about the halfway point and had a pretty big crash and some um, some major issues with her wheel. But I think we're going to see more of Heather in gravel and she's going to do really well. Um, and then my favorite, 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 favorite part was seeing so many women in this community and coming, you all coming up to us and I'm going to go a little teary, um, but telling us your stories, telling us that, um, you know, what you had gone through to, to show up, you know, we get to highlight a lot of the voices of the women that lead the pack, but it's really your stories that, that Christy and I talk about and are so inspired by, um, whenever we, we're at events or, or do things and see you all on social media and meet you. And so thank you to everyone who just came up to me, to Christy, to told us that you enjoyed the podcast. I even met a guy that, uh, likes the podcast. I'm sorry if you're listening. I can't remember your name. It was a long weekend, but I do remember you're with Major Taylor in Kansas City. Um, and I'm sorry that Christy and I aren't here to banter because he said that was one of his favorite parts of the podcast. Uh, but um, yeah, we it was just such a fantastic weekend. And 
if you maybe you're not interested in the race scene, I would just encourage you find a really fun community-based event and go check it out. And, and you know, it's, it's not an easy thing to get to Emporia. It's not easy sometimes to get into the event. It's not super cheap to get there, but it, it's a, it's a pretty special weekend where the gravel community comes together. And, and I really appreciated the way that, that this event is so thoughtful about increasing diversity, um, telling stories, providing opportunities for folks. So, um, what you're going to hear today are little interviews uh, that I did as I was wandering around uh, some, a few pre-race interviews. And then, okay, I can't remember if I said this or not because I mentioned I'm really tired, but I was in the finish shoot. So you're going to hear a bunch of interviews that came right as riders crossed the line. So it's a little strung together this week. Hopefully we'll be back next week. We may be taking another break week. Uh, just because this is a lot to recover from. But um, I hope you enjoy the show and we will talk to you soon. To live your healthiest life possible, you need to understand what's going on inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. Inside Tracker was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. It provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations plus an action plan on how to live a longer, healthier life. Inside Tracker can also calculate your biological age, which is the rate you're aging compared to your chronological age, as well as ways to lower your biological age. The thing we love most about Inside Tracker is that they give you recommendations on things you can control to optimize your health, like food, supplements, workouts, and other lifestyle choices. And did you know that you can use your HSA, HRA, and FSA to buy any Inside Tracker plan? which means you can purchase Inside Tracker using your tax-free dollars. Oh, and it gets better. For a limited time, you get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store when you sign up. So if you're ready to get a crystal clear picture of what's going on inside your body, along with the science-backed recommendations to optimize what's not working, visit insidetracker.com feisty. That's insidetracker.com feisty. All right, y'all, I am in Emporia, Kansas, and I found Heather Jackson. Hey, Heather. Hey. So good to see you. Yes. Uh, Well, one time I chased you down in Chattanooga. I'm sure you don't remember. (laughs) Okay. One of my favorites, absolute favorites. Okay, so you are here racing the 200, and this is the third time you were supposed to race this race, correct? (laughs) Yeah, this is, um, yes, third time I was supposed to race it. I wanted to kind of get into gravel, yeah, before COVID hit. And then when we came back last year and all the triathlons were back, it was like, okay, nope, just like one more year focused on Kona, all in for October. I didn't want to risk, you know, necessarily going down or some of the, the things that racing gravel might bring. So I was like, nope, all in for Kona again. And then Kona was canceled yet again. So this year I was finally just like, I don't even care. I'm. I've been wanting to do this. I've been so excited to try it. It just looks amazing. The people, the vibes, everything is so finally, yeah, this year I'm working in quite a few gravel races um, before October. So awesome. how does this fit into your triathlon training? Like, do you find it helps you? I think it helps just because one, I think it's harder. Um, it's like 
when you ride gravel, you're kind of in not a bigger gear, but it's more like you're pushing more when you're riding dirt. So for me, it's a lot of strength work. Um, I like being able to get off the roads, especially like busy away from cars. Um, and yeah, we just, we plan it into some of my bigger, like longer blocks, just also just to give myself a break from doing the same exact rides over and over. Like I can only climb Mount Lemon so many times before I need something else. So yeah, I think it's been a good break and just trying to get back to like old school training, like keeping things fun, switching things up. Um, and then we work in with my husband and I like camping in the van, like just, yeah, it's, it's been awesome. It just, it's refreshing, I guess. Make an adventure of it, which is what gravel is all about, right? Okay, I'm curious how how was um, you just raced the world championship, and coming off that, like, how do you take kind of that same mentality into an event, or like, how are you, how are you going to break this event down? Like, right, you don't get to do other things; you're just riding your bike for 200 miles. <laughs> right, exactly. For me, I'm almost like, okay, you know what? All my St. George training was getting me ready for this one, so I've kind of shifted my mindset. I just raced nine hours at St. George, so like. Here, the women last year finished in 12 hours, so for me, it's more okay. I know I can, you know, endure, I guess, for nine hours. It's going to be those final three are the unknown. Um, That said, I don't have to swim, which (laughs) for me is one of the biggest things. Um, Yeah, I think it's going to be just mainly staying on top of nutrition as much as as important as it is in an Ironman. So that's going to be my main focus because... You might feel good for four hours, five hours, six hours, but you get to hour nine and you still have three to go or so. I mean, yeah, I think I'm breaking it down in that sense of, okay, until I get to the six hour mark or so, like it's. <laughs> so in triathlon, you're very, it's very disciplined what you eat, but here, like, like Allison Tetrick's famous for bringing like chicken wings or hamburgers or, you know. Are you bringing anything different from your nutrition than you normally would? <laughs> um, I think I'm going to have definitely a lot of solid foods like PB&J, sandwiches, pretzel, anything salty. Probably not chicken wings. Maybe cold pizza has been the tip just because you're going to want that salty, solid food at this at this two stops. So Because I'm going to be carrying a lot of gels and sugar and then that's the last thing you want. So yeah. Probably PB&Js will be my go-to. <laughs> okay, last question. If there are other triathletes, which there are a lot of triathletes looking at getting into gravel, what would you say? Like, how, how do you add that into your training? I think, I mean, just sub in certain rides for gravel rides instead. I mean, it's, yeah, it's so much, ref- it's, yeah, I can't emphasize enough how refreshing it is just to get off the road. You're not just head down time trialing because half of gravel is about paying attention to where you're riding, like taking in everything around you, finding the right line, like avoiding things in the road. So it's like, it's, yeah, it's stimulating and it's fun and it gets you out of that training rut. So especially if you're in this like kind of lack of motivation because you've done the same intervals over and over, this is a great way to switch it up. Well, thanks so much for your time today, Heather. Good luck on Saturday. Yeah, thanks so much. (laughs) All right, friends. I am at Unbound at the expo. We're getting ready to go on the Shamey Better Ride, and I found Amy Charity. Hey, Amy. Hi, good morning. Um, Are you riding 200 or 100 tomorrow? I am doing the 100. I'm, uh, I've, this is my fourth time at Unbound, and I've decided this is the distance for me, so 100. And uh, did you notice I didn't say just the 100? Normally, I say just the 100. The 100's going to be 
pretty fast, I think, with the group that's racing it. That's the, yeah, that's the thing. It's still going to be really hard. I think it's it's definitely a race at that pace. There will still be a lot of survival moments, but um, 100 will be tough. Okay, well, you've been quite busy because something big is coming from the group that brings you SBT Gravel. What's happening? Yes, so we just announced this week Finland Gravel. Um, We have partnered, the SBT Gravel team has partnered with Valtteri Botis, a Formula One racer, and we will be doing a new gravel event in Finland in June of 2023. So we're doing a little test event this August right after SBT Gravel, and then we'll launch the the main event next... uh, summer um, in in Finland so uh, should be should be great we're looking at hopefully 1500 people is what we're targeting and um, we can all go experience that uh, the sun not going down at all in June that's amazing okay how did you get connected with Formula One? <laughs> well, uh, Valtteri did SBT Gravel in 2021, and um, he really enjoyed the race, and I got to talk to him a little bit there, and I reached out to him this fall and just said, hey, would you ever be interested in partnering? Um, we'd love to, we think Europe is ready for some, some gravel racing. Would you ever want to partner with us? And he said, absolutely. And we are now business partners and putting on this event. That's amazing. Do you have you ridden over there? Do you have any insight of what it's like? Just um, based on all of the conversations we've had over the last few months with the cycling clubs, with Valtteri, with the city, um, it what it sounds like is their gravel roads are very similar to steamboat roads, which are smooth gravel. They also the the town that we're starting the race in Lahti is his hometown, and it's used to accommodating um, World Cup Nordic races. They're really a sporting town, and so we just see a lot of similarities between steam boat in Lati and think it's kind of the next place to to go for gravel that's amazing well I feel like this sounds like a really great girls gone gravel road trip for <laughs> 2023 absolutely we would love to have you out there so yeah save the date in June um, we're just waiting for the Formula One schedule but it will be in June you don't hear that in gravel very often <laughs> no you sure don't yeah, we're, we're changing it up a bit but yeah we'll have this schedule out um, this fall we'll open up registration this fall so we'd love to have girls gone gravel out there Awesome. Well, thanks for talking to us, and good luck tomorrow. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. All right, y'all. I am getting ready to go out on the chamois butter ride. I just ran into Tanika Duhaney. Hey, Tanika. Hey, hey. What's up? How, how are you feeling about the race this weekend? I'm feeling excited. I'm full of nerves, and I'm ready to get it done. <laughs> are you doing 200 or 100? Uh, I had planned to do 200, but... Um, the vid got me, yeah, so um, I'm pulling back to the to the 100. How, uh, you had a little bit of a rough time with COVID, right? Like, I had a rough time with COVID and some uh, respiratory stuff, and it really knocked me down harder than I initially anticipated. I, I thought, oh, it's no big deal. Not so much, yeah. And I definitely have greater respect, you know, when people are like, hey, this really has got me. And we don't know what the unintended effects are on our riding. And I'm, like, cautiously optimistic watching to see how uh, how my body responds. This, is this your first time at Unbound? Yes. What do you think so far compared to other events you've been to? I am actually really digging the vibe, um, the community aspect of it. I really like um, all the cyclists, like the variability of cyclists that are here, and like the community is so welcoming. Yeah. And it's truly a bike town. Thank God. (laughs) Well, um, thanks so much for taking some time to talk to us, and good luck with your ride tomorrow. Thank you.
Okay, friends, I'm in the finish shoot with Ellen Noble, who has transitioned from a lot of cyclocross to announcing. Is that right, Ellen? That's correct. I'm doing announcing and commentary while I'm on my sabbatical from professional racing. And we are, we're hanging out waiting for the first female to come across the finish line. How does it feel to be in this finish line? Oh, it's so thrilling. I, I actually, like, really, I struggle with it in a good way because I get so, like, I guess like jazzed up watching these uh, racers and like especially when you get down to like that critical point of a race I I know that feeling and so it like definitely like brings up a lot of <laughs> we just got water dumped on our interview <laughs> literally water dumped on our interview that feels really good this is how we go at Girls Gone Gravel. We just roll with it whenever there's interruption. Yeah, girls Gone Gravel, Girls Gone Wild. I don't know. I actually I shouldn't have said that. That's probably inappropriate. I've never. I don't know what that is. <laughs> well, it was popular when I was a kid, and so that was. It started as a joke off of Girls Gone Wild when okay. I started it. So you're you're appropriate. Cute, cute. Um, uh, so how's it been? Just like transitioning to the commentary world. It's been a welcomed challenge, to be honest. It was never something I anticipated I would do. It was kind of something that fell into my lap as an opportunity um, kind of provided by one of my sponsors just because I thought it would be a cool one-off thing. And then next thing I know, I started getting a bunch of work requests. And now it's kind of my, it's a, the closest thing I have to my full-time job at the moment with all the like little projects I'm working on. So I, uh, I actually really like it. And I'm really happy to still be involved in the race world. I love that, and I love that we're hearing more women's voices uh, that are in the commentary world. You and me both. It's it's super welcomed. Um, you know, I love the kind of camaraderie between the women's voices that are in the commentary world. Like, I think that we all recognize that it's something that we need more of, but something that we're really grateful for the amount that we have. So I appreciate that it is kind of like that sisterhood, and I hope that we can just continue to get more and more women into sports media. Well, um, thanks for taking some time to chat with us. We'd love to have you on the full podcast sometime to talk more about your story. I'd love to come on. Thanks for having me. That's how I get people on. I ask them while they're on a recording. <laughs> Did you really ask? That, that was like, that was kind of a soft ask. You should just be like, hey, come on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it. We're being right. assertive. Okay. All right. Thanks Thank so much, you. Ellen. Thanks. Um, how does it feel to win your first big gravel race? I mean, it's not my first, it's my first unbound. So to come here and win my first unbound, you know, it's, it's, fucking awesome you know i'm stoked uh you know but i won rule of three i won crusher in the tusher on my mountain bike before and uh yeah i just i'm i'm a i love short races i love 20 minute 20 minute short tracks hour and a half xcos to really start thriving in the in the longer endurance events um it's, it's freaking awesome okay Okay, you're obviously a high-level athlete. Uh, we talk to a lot of the journey women athletes, and uh, you get to race on a course with them. What does that mean to be able to see like the, like the everyday woman out there racing with you? Yeah, I mean it's awesome. They're just they're charging. Like I I do this because it's my job. Like the people that sign up to do this for fun are like the 350s. Like you all are crazy, and it's like so inspiring to see how much women are participating in the sport, getting involved, and just like taking on these massive challenges you know it might take them like 12 hours to do like a you know 100 mile race but they're out there stoked to do it so the more there were more women we get in sport the better thank you so much for your time and congratulations on your win thank you so much <laughs> okay i'm sitting here at the finish line i've got just sarah brooke gowdy and ash your last name's escaping me at this second 
It's Andy Zoltan. Andy, sorry, Andy Zoltan. I know, I know. I'm sorry. It's been a long, it's been a long freaking day. I did, I did. Yeah, it's okay. You know what? We have an editor. <laughs> um, okay, Jess, you got third place today, right? In the 100. I did. It was a good day to do the 100. <laughs> uh, did you beat the rain? No. No, no, no. I was just telling them I look like a swamp creature when I finished. Um, you looked really strong when I saw you at the Madison checkpoint. Were you having a good time out there? I kind of surprised myself. I didn't know I could ride this hard, but it was also fun to, like, race because I don't think I can't do that in the 200. I'm, like, not in that place in life, so that was awesome. Like, I was like, I'm, ra- like, I'm actually racing. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, we, I actually talked to Amy Charity, and she's like, we've got to stop calling it only the 100, because you can go out and go really hard and have a really good day and then and recover and do your other stuff in life. That's the thing. I'm pretty sure, like, I don't know who was fourth or what her time was, but one through three, I think we smashed the 100 record. So we weren't, Congratulations. Going, we weren't going slow by any means. <laughs> okay. Who was one, two, three? So Marissa, and I'm blanking on her last name. She won Gravel Locos, the 155. She's a mom of four. She's a sweetheart. I mean, this woman is impressive. Um, She won. She was three minutes ahead of me and Margie Bamis, who was second. Yeah. And we finished together. And what did Amy do? What race? Amy was another 100. I can take it over my interview now. Yeah. Brooke, okay. She's the editor and my lady said, I I mean, tell us the deets. (laughs) I don't know how I need to. I saw her across the finish line. Um, But I want to hear about your race, Brooke. How did it go? You said uh, you were telling us about the clean. (laughs) Yeah, you look really clean. Thanks. I did race. (laughs) I cleaned myself up before I came over the finish line. I'm going to tell you I'm disappointed because there's no lipstick. I know. That's what the 100, Unbound 100 does to you. It's just, I started with lipstick and now it's just completely gone. Um, no, this is my first century ever, so I am really, really proud. I'm, I was just telling Jess I'm a sprinter. Like, I like a good 30, 40 mile race. And by 30, 40 miles, I was like, oh shit. And that's about when the rain was hitting, right? Yeah. <laughs> and when we talk about rain, it wasn't like just a little rain. We had a like deluge of rain. Yes, yes. And um, I hit a little be- peanut butter mud. So I was carrying my bike until I couldn't carry my bike. And then I was just, yeah, walking through mud with my bike. Well, uh, it sounds like you had a good time out there and you're proud of yourself for finishing. So that's, that's what matters, right? Uh, yes, absolutely. I'm proudest that I just wrote the longest distance I've ever ridden before. That's amazing. That's amazing. Okay, Andy, you've been here doing mechanical support. Correct. Uh, have you had a lot of stressed out athletes? No, not too bad, actually. My athletes are Evelyn Dong and uh, Rose Grant. And they both. Been Do you have not had a lot of stressed out yeah. athletes? They've both been racing for a really long time, and they're like, this is the longest race they've ever done, but they. And, you know, they were a little nervous, but they were, you know, they're, they're chill as chill as it gets. You, were you out on doing the support at the uh, stops, at the side stops? So give people a little insight of what that's like if they've never been to one of these events and seen what that, those sag stops are like. Because it's like a production. Yeah, it's it's a huge production. Like, there's just as many porta-potties as each one of those as there are right here, right now at the Finish Expo. Like, there's a lot of people out there, and 
it's kind of chaotic, but everything's color-coded, and hopefully your athlete kind of knows what color area you're in. Um, what we did is we sent out a runner, uh, my cohort here, um, Sam. Sorry, Sam, you didn't make the podcast. <laughs> uh, to go, uh, like, flag down our person and then kind of tell them, keep going, we're on the left. And then, so it's, because when you're just in a blunder and you're exhausted. There's, like, dozens and dozens and dozens of cars there that are all set up to support people. And so it's, it's kind of, like, it can be overwhelming when you get in. What are you... What do you do when they get there? I didn't have any support. That's in the rules, but I had to pretend. I was like, yeah, they're over there. (laughs) So we kind of planned ahead. They each made a bag for each of the two aid stations with the food that they wanted to be set out. So they'd come in. We'd like kind of like NASCAR, like drop their empty wrappers. They would take what they wanted. I'd have a fresh camelback for each of them. At the, at the next, like, they're out that had been in a cooler, so it was cold, and, like, fresh bottles and clean glasses or, like, clean shoes. None of them changed their shoes today, but, like, had they wanted to, there's that. What um, their bike? Their chain. Um, if, if everything's good and it's not crazy, like, mud, basically just leave their chain, and if there's no problems, they just go. But today we had a small crash before the first aid station, so I did a little bit of shifting adjustment and then wipe the mud off their saddle. It's an important job. Your job's an important job. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Jess, how many JoJ bars did you eat today? Two. I have flavors. I, okay, so we have a new salted chai flavor that we haven't I, I tried yet. it, and it's uh, so good. It's so good. I had a lemon blueberry quinoa, and then I pretty much was eating. I mean, I wasn't eating. It was so fast. I was doing untapped maple syrups, and I like spring energy gels, and... I think I only had six salt sticks. Like last year, I had 55 in the 200. It wasn't very hot. It wasn't hot. It wasn't, it was fine. I even didn't even take my second camel back at the aid station. I just went with bottles. So, yeah. It was was a nice day for racing. Brooke, uh, what what are you having post-race? A nice IPA. (laughs) I'm from Colorado. We ride beer, we ride bikes, and we drink IPAs afterwards. And Andy, do you have to wait for your athletes to come in before you can close it down? Yeah, I'll probably have a whiskey in like six hours. <laughs> do you have to clean their bikes? Because those things are nasty coming in. I do, but I have a pretty sweet setup over at the at the fairgrounds campsite. Nice. nice. You don't have to wait in that line for the muck off. It's crazy. No, I just saw that line. I was like, those people are going to be there for hours. <laughs> it's more popular than the beer line today. Uh, I believe it. No one wants to go home with a dirty bike. Uh, Well, congratulations on your race today, and good job out there on the course, and thank you all so much for chatting with me. Thank you. All right, y'all. I have found Whitney Allison in the finish shoot, and you just, did you just come in fourth? Is that your? Uh, Yeah, that's, I'm here, I came in fourth. (laughs) Well, the problem is, is they can't see anybody's plates as you're coming across the finish line because they're so muddy, and then, um, I guess the chips aren't reading because of the mud, so they can't figure it out. They figure it out, but yeah, <laughs> it took them like 30 minutes to figure out the top five guys. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, quite a conundrum, especially with the 100 and the 200 people coming across at the same time. So, uh, how was it out there today? It was dirty, huh? It was fine for the first portion. Um, it was really fast and there were a lot of crashes. I was sitting way too far back and a lot of other women were too and it 
just like gets um, exaggerated over time, right? If you don't make those splits. And I found myself in a space that I was alone for a really long time before eventually getting in a really good group of Ceramax. Unfortunately, in the last mud, big mud section, she had a mechanical that I don't think she's come across the line yet, but it sounded pretty bad. Um, I don't know, I guess everything came around in the last couple of hours for me because it was uh, pretty dark going into the last feed zone. And when, were you fifth last year? Or, uh, I was fourth last year, fourth, so I'm oh. Because I'm a very consistent person, so <laughs> I love it. I love it. What do you? Where do you go after this? What's next? Um, I'm apparently driving across to Belgian Waffle Ride, North Carolina. So I think my job this week is just to try to recover and get a massage, and uh, hope for the best. <laughs> that does not sound like a terrible job. And then what are you? What are you going to get to eat post race? What's your favorite post race meal? Um, right now, food sounds really gross. So All right, no food. wait and see. All right. Well, thanks for spending some time with us, Whitney, and congratulations on a great race today. Thank you. All right, folks, I have found a 350 finisher. Okay, I have a 350-mile finisher. Crazy, crazy. Betsy Welch, you just finished the 350. How do you feel? I... All I feel right now is like I'm kind of elated that I actually did it, and to come to, to get to Emporia in the in the day daylight, like all my friends are cheering, the pros are finishing the 200, and I just did the longest ride of my life. Like I'm pretty stoked. You should be pretty stoked. Okay, you said we were at a Pinarello event, and you said you might be afraid of the dark. Were you afraid of the dark? Thanks for remembering that. Um. No, I wasn't. Actually, the dark was really, really cool. Um, it was kind of hard to adapt. My eyes, like, it took a while to adapt. But there were tons of, like, frogs and bugs and birds and cool sounds. Um, no, the night was one of my favorite parts. Will you be writing about this for Velo News? Probably, once I've had a minute to uh, collect my thoughts. Yeah, I think I will. We were kind of wondering if you had written the whole thing while you were out there in your mind. I mean, there was so much to focus on while out there. Um, you kind of have to like really live in the moment out there. But I did try and take, I did try and take some like video selfies. This is gonna sound weird, but every time I peed, because like I was actually not moving, so I like was like, hi, I'm peeing, and this is what's happening out there. So I don't know. Maybe I'll make that into a series or something. That sounds like a pretty great video series, I think. <laughs> um, well, amazing. So, uh, what are you what are you gonna do to recover? Um, well, first things first, I need to take a shower, drink some water, have some food, and then really looking forward to just hanging out in Emporia with my friends tomorrow. Well, thanks for chatting with us for a few minutes. We'll get you on the podcast to hear the whole story sometime. Okay, thank you. All right, I am standing here with history. <laughs> Rach McBride just became the first non-binary 200-mile finisher, and they are very dirty. <laughs> yes, I am covered in mud that used to be dry but is now getting wet again from sweat. <laughs> okay, you've raced a lot in Canada. What was this like racing in Emporia, Kansas? This this was just... I had such a blast today. I really did. Except for maybe the last hour or two um but I ended up like having some really 
great runs with a couple of guys coming into each aid station and just you know Emporia really gave us like all of the things a downpour lots of mud uh, it was yeah it was really awesome um, and it, I mean it was a fast day today for sure uh, the weather was perfect not too hot not too windy um, and yeah I spent the last uh, from AIDS, the last aid station so like the last 60 miles or whatever it is for yeah 50 miles on my own and that was that was rough <laughs> okay how does it feel to be the first uh, non-binary 200 finisher to really be making history in this I mean I I it's amazing and you know it's really Abby who was like the first non-binary they did the hundred last year yeah yeah the non first non-binary finisher at Unbound and um, yeah I'm just like so grateful to be here uh, it's a really cool experience well we're grateful that you are a leader and you're leading with um, just being willing to help people walk through the process and um, it's fun to see Lifetime really embrace you and say we want to move forward and change these things and for you to embrace that right like this is a risk with your professional triathlon career to do some of these crazy gravel events yeah yeah it, it's I mean yeah it's it's just so fun and this is such a different event than uh, than triathlon and to be honest like this was the first race that I've ever done where uh, I had some competition you know I was racing scared with Apollo um, not knowing where they were um, but it was like the first race where I knew there was another fast non-binary athlete in the in the field and so yeah I mean Apollo and I were really hoping to be riding together and uh, at least see each other out there but um, yeah I hope that they have a good finish that's amazing well um, thank you so much for taking a little time to talk to us we're gonna get you a towel so you can clean up and uh, get some good recovery in thank you you have been listening to the girls gone gravel podcast this podcast is edited and produced by the team at live feisty media if you've enjoyed the show please leave us a rating it really helps other women find the podcast And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.